Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome and thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host. What a great day it is. Great to be with you. And what a wonderful show we have. Well, to get us started on today's show, we are at the Department of Interior. Outdoor World is once again privileged to have with us the 53rd Secretary of the U.S. Department of Interior, hailing from the great public land state of Colorado, the Honorable David Bernhardt. Mr. Secretary, welcome back to Outdoor World Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Mr. Secretary, we have many listeners that hunt, they shoot, they're on ranches, they're on farms, they're on so many areas that are adjacent to public lands. The conservation projects that, that go on there is just, just amazing. Well, I think it's critical for um, policymakers and regulators um, to hear from the folks that are actually wearing the boots um, that are on the ground. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty uh, easy um, to put on a pair of ill-fitting boots and, and say that there's a rub. Um, it's a little harder for me to look at that boot and say how it's rubbing. I have a, a group internally made up of uh, what we call our hunt and fishing chiefs within the Fish and, Fish and Wildlife Service that are on a, on a regular basis providing me ideas that they're seeing on the ground um, uh, from the regulatory side of how we can do things better, how we could um, uh, do more. And, and that, I think, gives me a good sense of what's happening on the ground and how we can make things better on the ground. Ultimately, uh, we want to have healthy wildlife populations. We want to have healthy opportunities for people. And, um, and we want to be good neighbors. Mr. Secretary, topping the list of today's needs of hunters and anglers is having that place to hunt or fish. You know, it was announced, I think there was, what, 74 national wildlife refuges, 15 national fish hatcheries, and, you know, your agencies led the way in opening up and increasing recreational access to public lands. And give us some idea what you see in the next 14 months. I think that uh, you made us, uh, well, you made us aware that uh, there's some good things yet to come. Uh, well, that, that's right. I mean, if you, if you, look, uh, if you look at our progress, um, uh, the first year we were in office, uh, we opened about 250,000 acres um, uh, in, in 2018. We opened 130,000 in 2017. And then we opened 1.4 million. And uh, the interesting thing is I work for a president who expects results. So he, didn't, he doesn't take that 1.4 million and say, great job, David. You hit it out of the park. Stop. He takes it and says, David, you hit it out of the park. We need to do more. And so, um, so I think uh, our 10 hunting and fishing chiefs um, are scrambling, and I think we're going to come out with something really special next, next uh, summer. Uh, but the reality is we're at 1.7 million acres today, which is larger than the entire state of Delaware. Oh my gosh. And so that's, that's a good piece of, of property. Um, and what this means uh, to me is at the same time we're doing that, we're also de-conflicting um, our regulations with state hunting and fishing regulations so that they line up more closely. So we have actually removed um, about 2,100 regulations from our books and simplified about 2,900 refuge-specific uh, regulations to more closely match uh, the state. So not only are hunters uh, getting more opportunities, but um, they're able to take advantage of those opportunities without needing a lawyer to tell them uh, how, what hoops they need to jump through. And that's important to us because ultimately this is all about um, sustainable wildlife populations and about getting people out and, um, and enjoying uh, the great gifts that God gives us. Well, I just want to salute you on this effort to reduce those regulatory burdens on the public. And uh, it, it is so important. Well, moving on to ESA, the Endangered Species Act, 
uh, you know, you've led the way in, in stewardship and, and, and stewarding conservation, encouraging recreation, expanding access to the public. But talk to us about ESA. What is the purpose of ESA? And tell us about some of the reforms that are going on there that uh, you are leading the way on. Well, first, let me say that um, I think one of the greatest um, characters of the American people is um, our belief um, that uh, we need to have sustainable populations of wildlife. And, um, and we, that is one of the things that's embodied uh, in the Endangered Species Act. So as a goal, it's an incredible goal. Uh, we have some places where, um, you know, the application of the Endangered Species Act by the regulators is a little rough. And so our entire focus has been to um, look at those rough edges and sand them in a way to, that, uh, that requires common sense, does good for species, and also does uh, benefit people. And so what we're doing, for example, is saying we want the best science from the states and we're going to really work uh, and, and listen to their scientists. Uh, we say certain places for certain species, there's uh, ways to tailor, you know, um, fine-tune the provisions of the ESA to be focused on the problems that exist, but not a burden to everybody uh, where, where it's not a problem. And so we're focusing these things with special rules. And so ultimately, this all goes back that we need the public and we need private lands involved in the conservation of species. We can't just do it ourselves. And by sanding these rough edges, I fundamentally believe that we keep um, people invested in the great goal of our country, which is to have uh, wildlife conservation across the board. We lead the world. We lead the world in wildlife conservation. So you hear, you know, at times you hear criticisms about the United States. Here's one area you can know. The American uh, leadership came up with the uh, Amer North American uh, wildlife conservation model. Every uh, duck stamp has gone for great conservation uh, efforts uh, for migratory birds. And hunters and fishers are doing their part to uh, conserve these wildlife. And it's actually the best model on the planet. I've got to ask you, it's hunting season, it's fishing season. Have you been out? So I, any plans for this fall? So I was out two weeks ago, uh, caught some really nice stripers uh, in the Chesapeake Bay, and, uh, and I'll be out uh, waterfowl uh, season. Yeah. Well, Mr. Secretary, unfortunately, we're out of time. Time goes way too fast, but thanks for being with us today. All the best in your continuing leadership here at Interior. I'm Rob Keck. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we'll be right back. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt said, there can be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. More than a century later, his statement has never been more meaningful. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish. Visit trcp.org to learn more and take action. We are the young minds that will shape tomorrow's world. But today, the world is in your hands. What's your vision for the future? Since 1937, Ducks Unlimited has been the world leader in wetlands and waterfowl conservation. And we've had the same vision for the future for more than 75 years. A future with clean water, abundant wildlife, plenty of places to enjoy nature, and wetlands, sufficient to fill the skies with waterfowl today tomorrow and forever. Sure, there's still a whole lot of work to be done, but we know we can turn things around together because we are the next generation of DU conservationists. And with a little help from you, our future is looking really bright. Ducks Unlimited, working for conservation for generations to come. A public service from Ducks Unlimited. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you just tuned in, we're visiting with co-host of Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventures, none other than Eva Shockey Brent. Eva, you've got a new television show on Outdoor Channel. Tell us about it. 
Yes, we are so excited. It's called My Outdoor Family. It airs on Monday nights, Outdoor Channel at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. People are loving it, and it's so exciting because it's an outdoor show. It's about family. It's about God. It's about adventures. But it's about just your everyday family that everyone can relate to because I used to go travel the world and go to Africa and go to Argentina and be on the top of the mountains and these incredible places, which is amazing. And I love it so much. But right in this season of my life, I have two kids under three. I have a busy husband. I have a job that keeps me busy. So we are showing people how you can love the outdoors and how you can be a positive impact to your kids by just bringing them out, even if it's just in your backyard or if it's checking trail cameras or if it's looking for animals. And it's just trying to inspire people to get out there because we all get so caught up and busy in today's world. There are some easy ways you can do it and still get them out and take an adventure and hopefully create the next generation of outdoor loving humans, just like we all are. Great stuff. Well, look, in addition to your new show, of course, uh, you co-host with your dad on Jim Shockey's hunting adventures. Tell us what it's like to co-host with your dad. It is so incredible. It was such a wonderful, wonderful way to get involved with the outdoor industry in such a natural way because if you would ask me 10 years ago if I would be heavily in the outdoor industry as my career, I would have said there's no chance. I mean, what would I be doing? And it's just been a natural progression because I started filming with him well, when I was really little, actually, but when I got out of college and graduated and I said, I want to learn how to hunt. And I had no intention of doing it as a job, but I started hunting on his show because it's our family business. And that's if you want to hunt, you're going to be filmed for it. And it just turned into just this crazy passion because I got to see through his eyes what he loved about the adventures and about the outdoors and about wildlife and nature and hunting and shooting and all those wonderful things that we all love so much. I got to experience them right by his side. And that was incredible seeing him do something that he just loves beyond other than family and God. He loves beyond everything else. And um, that that love and passion grew in me. And now I have it and hopefully going to pass it on to my kids in the same way that he did. So it's a, it was a blessing. And I'm very, very grateful I got to do that for the last 10 years. You know, when it comes to viewership or the number of impressions or the number of followers, Social media is where it's at. It's it's so powerful. If you would, give us a feel for your social media presence. Gosh, social media is something that is just shocking how much power it really has. And years ago, it seemed like it was just something for fun for, I think, Facebook was started for college kids. And it obviously morphed into something extremely much, much bigger than that. So I have nearly, I guess, nearly 2 million followers across Facebook and Instagram and Twitter um, and Pinterest. And that's an amazing number when you think about it, that you can you can get 2 million people to see a post that you're putting out at any given time. And so what I've learned, and thank goodness I was old enough and responsible enough and had a head on my shoulders when this all started, that everything you put out there is not only representing you, it's representing your entire industry and your company and your brand and all those things. So you have to really take it seriously. So I'm not just posting any given photo and posting any caption. I'm putting something out there with the intention that it's going to impact somebody. It's going to show somebody, their kids might see it, their daughters might see it. And I want it to leave a lasting impression for whatever reason. So for me and my brand, that is whether it's about hunting, whether it's about outdoors, whether it's about family, whether it's about living a healthy lifestyle or feel at the table or eating, eating well. I mean, all those positive things. I try to make sure every post is showing something to do with that because 2 million eyeballs that are seeing your post, if you mess that up and you put out one bad thing, you're going to better believe that the brand that you built for all those years is going to be affected. And you're being a bad representative of the outdoor community. And I have to keep that in mind every single day, no matter what I'm doing. So it's, it's amazing. You can use it for good or you can use it for bad. And I, I thankfully I do my best every single day and I've done a pretty good job so far to use it in a positive way. And hopefully I've impacted a few people and made their lives a little more outdoorsy or family oriented or God oriented or healthier one of those things that I try to represent. How can listeners find you? Yeah, I'm on evashockey.com is my website or on all the social media platforms. I'm just at evashockey. So Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm on there every single day. So you won't miss me. Hunting. You know, there's people out there that aren't against it, but they might ask you, Eva, why do you like hunting? What is the appeal of hunting to you? You've touched on a little bit in the previous answer, but what's the appeal? So, yeah, I touched on it. I think for me, it's family. A lot of people learn to hunt from their family, so more of a traditional aspect. I love that. I love 
the fact that we're all so busy. I mean, my job is social media and media, television, filming. So we're always in front of computers and screens and cameras. And to me, hunting is about unplugging. And although I still do have a camera when I'm hunting, I keep that in mind that I'm sharing it with people. And that's that's my role is to share what I'm doing. But for a lot of people, you get to just leave your phone at home. You get to unplug. You get to just go appreciate nature. And I love that so much. I love the fact, like I said, I, I care about the food that I put into my body. I'm really careful about what I purchase and versus what I source myself. And hunting for me is a way to fill my freezer and know exactly where that meat came from. And I love that. And then on top of all of this, obviously, as hunters, we're the biggest conservationists in the world. And we raise the most money for animal conservation of any other group on the planet. So having that at the back of your mind, in addition to all these wonderful things that selfishly I love, the unplugging and the field to table and all that, like there's just no, there's really no negative aspect to it. And on top of that, I do understand people that don't want to hunt. My mom doesn't hunt. And I've been grateful to have that perspective too, because I don't think everyone should hunt. And I, you'll never hear me forcing people that, you know, what I do is better than what you do. But what I do think is everyone should respect each other. So if someone doesn't want to eat meat, I respect that, but I want them to also respect the, how I'm going about getting my meat. And that's, I think a good way for the world could do with a little bit more respect for other opinions. What advice would you give to other females wanting to, to place their future in the hunting industry? I think don't be intimidated. Hunting is a male-dominated industry, as we probably all can agree. But I think the tables are turning a little bit. Females are the fastest growing demographic in the hunting industry, which is incredible. And I really feel like I've experienced that firsthand. I've been right in smack in the middle of that change because when I was young, there were barely any women in the outdoor shows and events. And now you go and I mean, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of women of all ages. So just have confidence, learn from people. Don't come in with a big attitude. You, the more you learn and absorb, you can really, I think, use that to your advantage and just have fun. Show people that you're there for the right reasons. You're not there for social media numbers. You're there because you love the outdoors and that grows your social media numbers. If that's what you're looking for, or just grows your experiences. If you're in it for that. Eva, you were only the second woman to ever grace the cover of Field Stream Magazine, second only to Queen Elizabeth. You were voted through Field Stream Magazine, a poll that, that named you the, the most admired, prominent outdoors woman. And Fox Business News refers to you as the new face of hunting. What kind of pressure does that type of high-level recognition place on you? It's a really incredible position to be in because I've always done well under pressure that's when I thrive I'm like a procrastinator and I, I'm the kind of person that studied until four in the morning the night before and I would do great on it because that's that's how I <laughs> that's just how my brain works so it's I probably have the right personality to do that but really it's a huge honor because I get to represent so many people out there that maybe don't have that platform and I get to stand up there and be in a mainstream media position where I can open people's eyes up to why we hunt and why we love the outdoors and the conservation aspect. And people also, I think, when they see me on the camera, they might stop and listen because they're like, that's strange. You know, that's not who the stereotypical person I would think would be a hunter. And I love that. Obviously, you can think of that in a negative way that people stereotype me, but I think it's a great thing because I get people to actually listen and maybe give hunting a chance if they wouldn't have otherwise. And then they're open up to the world once they hear some of the wonderful positive ways that hunters are making impact and why we hunt and how we relate it to family and conservation and wild game and all those other aspects and it's just been it's been a really incredible ride didn't expect it but i'm very grateful for the platform i've been given look before i give you a chance to say a final word i know there's listeners out there saying okay eva you've hunted around the world if you had one critter to hunt what would it be Oh my goodness. Uh, oh gosh, probably. <laughs> really? I think the most important thing for me is anything with my family. So if it's my husband or my dad, if I can hunt with them, but if my husband and my dad and I can all hunt together, it would be in the Yukon probably for moose. <laughs> That's a yeah. pretty spoiled answer, but it's a, it's the most beautiful place. I, I compare it. I think it's as close to heaven as you'll ever get on earth. Yeah. Great answer. I would agree with you. That's my favorite too. I love it up there. And uh, Eva, we're out of time. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for who you are and for being the power and the powerful and passionate voice for hunters and hunting. This is Rob Keck. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we will be right back. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there inside us. 
that need, that longing to walk among the wild. But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop and you'll feel it. Listen and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World here in Rural Radio. And if you've just tuned in, we're introducing our next guest, Bass Pro Shops founder Johnny Morris, as he receives the Audubon Medal, the highest, most prestigious award in conservation. Thank you. This is a, a special honor in, this, in life to be in this room. It's very deeply moving. And I thought over and over again, I thought, well, John, what is this, what is this little medal? Why, why does this get to you so much? And uh, several thoughts, they just came back to me over and over again. And the first one was how thankful to God I should be for the blessings in my life, my family, the country I was born in, and be blessed to live. I've been fortunate through our business, I wasn't a very good student, <laughs> to travel literally around the world fishing. And I've seen many forms of government and systems that sound very tempting in theory, but in the reality, there's no place in the world like where we are tonight, like America. But our North American model, they call it, but our plan for conservation. It's the envy of the rest of the world. There's nothing that comes close there either. I thought too about this medal, what makes it so meaningful. And to me, it came back, the man it was named in honor of, a hunter, a sportsman, a conservationist, John James Audubon. I thought too about what makes this so meaningful it's the worldwide respect and admiration for the work, the incredible work that this Audubon Society does to impact our planet and to add quality of life to so many people and for generations to come. I think too this medal, it means so much. You know, I think maybe most of all, getting this tonight, to have my name a part of this, it, it means something. But what really means by far the most is it says when it was presented, he said, Johnny Morris and family. So what does that quote unquote, what does that family part mean? That means everything. What if you caught the biggest fish in the world and there's nobody there beside you? You couldn't share that moment, that memory with people you care about and that you love. It wouldn't mean, it wouldn't mean jack squat. I love you guys very much. My parents came through a period of time, like everyone in their generation, where they got to see so much advancement, so much change. One of the things that they always spoke about that they got to see in their lifetime, I mean, you think about this from no electricity, no running water, to seeing the first plane fly over this town, to seeing the first Model T come into town, to seeing man land on the moon. A thing they talked about with equal astonishment was seeing the advancements in conservation. When my parents grew up, they never saw a wild turkey. They saw very few white-tailed deer, no elk, no buffalo. They saw these things come back because of the cooperative effort of the Missouri and, and the guidance of conservation and the Missouri Department of Conservation. They became huge fans. And I think people in our company, without question, we've come to all realize, like my parents before me realized, to achieve really meaningful things, great things in life, and especially today we're here for conservation. 
It takes teamwork. And yes, we need regulation. We have to have regulation. But regulation alone won't create advancement. And the agencies alone can't create really meaningful things. And the NGOs, and like Audubon, just going it alone, they can only do so much. The same with individuals, the same with company sponsors like ourselves, like so many others. We can only achieve so much, but when we team up together, man, the sky is the limit. And there couldn't be any more important allies than to have people that have chosen that have tremendous capabilities, but they chose above all, above all else to uh, make conservation their life's work. And the National Wildlife Federation, over six million members strong. Jeff Crane, the president of Congressional Sportsman Foundation. Ed Carter from Tennessee, the president of the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies. Ron Reagan, my buddies, Bob Zemer, Rob Keck, Martin McDonald, Steve Williams here from the former director of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that heads up the, the Wildlife Management Institute. When it comes to conservation too, I, I think sometimes about another country music singer, Hank Williams Jr. He wrote this song, it's called Family Tradition. And so tonight with Simon Roosevelt being here, you talk about carrying on a family tradition. The great, great grandson of President Theodore Roosevelt. Simon wrote me this note and I'm just gonna read part of it. He said, Dear Johnny, congratulations on the award of the Audubon National Audubon Medal, perhaps the most prestigious award in conservation. It seems to me that this award signifies the realignment of historic allies in conservation that have been too long separated in this partisan age. Over 100 years ago, George Bird Grinnell was a co-founder of the Boone and Crockett Club and an, inter an integral to the creation of the first National Audubon Society organization, joined by their common mission of protecting wildlife and American landscape. And so the award is important for conservationists across the political spectrum as both a reminder of a contemporary acknowledgement of the essential role of hunters and anglers in conservation. This is the way forward for conservation. Tonight, I thank you for that, Simon. Tonight, I'd like to think that Simon's great-great-grandfather and his colleague in conservation, James Audubon, would be tolerant of me being a recipient of this award. But I'd like to think also, and I really believe in my heart, that they're up there and they're looking up and they're, they're looking down here and they're smiling, that all of us in this room are coming together, hunters, non-hunters, in this really inclusive family, and that we're all working together with passion to carry on the important mission that they set forward and their wisdom for all of us to carry out and that's to be good stewards of God's creation and to help protect these special wild places that we're blessed to have. Like my nieces and nephews here, and like Simon, he was a, you know, his great, great grandfather. Our hope is for you kids and your kids and their kids and their kids. And for years to come that kids and people could enjoy just the amazing, beauty and natural resources and the fish and wildlife that we're blessed to have in this country. It's a very happy day in my life to be here. Thank you very much. And there you have it, Bass Pro Shops founder Johnny Morris receiving his prestigious award. And I'm Rob Keck. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, I'm Easton Corbin, and I grew up in the smallest county in the state of Florida, and that's a long ways from Nashville, let alone elk country. But I've been hunting all my life, and I've always dreamed of chasing elk. When I came out west and heard my first bugle, I was hooked. I just had to roll with it. Now I want to make sure that dream will be here for tomorrow's hunters. If you feel the same way, make a difference and join the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation by going to www.remef.org. 
Sirius XM's Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. This is Rob Keck, host of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, with the latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. This is Janet Atkinson, host of FFA Today, your in-depth look at the nation's premier youth organization. Get connected with Real Ag Radio. This is Sean Haney. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in all of North America. Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147, or listen on the Sirius XM app. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. I am so excited. We're with the all-time money winner in professional bass fishing, four-time Bassmaster Classic champion, and a guy that's really at the pinnacle. He's the best of the best. Right here, my good friend Kevin Van Dam. Kevin, welcome back to Outdoor World Radio. Man, I'm so glad to be on. I'm going to go way back in time, 2002. You were honored with uh, the first time ever Outdoorsman of the Year, an ESPY award by ESPN. Tell us about that recognition and, you know, to be included with such greats in athletics. I mean, from all the ball sports to you name it. What did that feel like to be at an ESPY and be recognized that way? Well, I'm a huge sports fan. And, um, you know, to go to California and to, to get to hang out with with all those different athletes and, and to meet a lot of people that are heroes of mine, um, it was awesome. I mean, that was right after the Patriots had won their first Super Bowl. I got to meet Tom Brady, hang out with his teammates, and they really kind of took me under their wing that week. And, uh, you know, Sherry and I were there, and, you know, we're you know, I'm outdoor athlete, you know, I mean, it's, it, and it was, um, everybody's like, what you fish for a living. And, you know, so, but, but they, I, they treated me with such respect and I got to know a lot of, a lot of really cool people that I looked up to. And, um, it was it, just an incredible experience. It's something, you know, I have that SB on my mantle at home, um, you know, with, with all the other trophies that I have from the classics and major league fishing cup events and things like that and angler of the year titles. And, um, it's, it's something that I definitely cherish. Yeah. It's gotta be something special. Very few people ever have reached that level and you know when you talk about being an athlete a lot of people don't think about professional bass fishermen as being athletes what do you do to keep yourself your mind and your body ready uh to to perform at a top level as an athlete what do you do well you know a lot of guys would say, hey, I spend a lot of time in the gym and things like that. You know what I do? I spend my time outdoors in the woods. I just, I'm not the guy that likes to sit on a treadmill or anything. And I, I believe me, I have one and I, and I do it some. But what I really do is I like to, I like to turkey hunt in the spring. I want to go hunt morel mushrooms. I want to shed hunt. I like to just. I like to walk my property. I like to um, put on a pair of waders and 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 slog through the mud. And I mean that's a workout, but I just like to experience it. It's just I'm different in that sense. I'm not a guy that's good behind the desk. My wife will tell you that torture to me is <laughs> is locking me down to do office work and, and do things like that. So I just I like to be outdoors. And and I know that if I'm out there with my chainsaw and I'm cutting wood and and again, if you want a good workout. Just wade Absolutely. through knee-deep mud in the marsh with your waders on, you know, and 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 walk a half mile on that, and, and you you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a, a pretty tough uh, tough day. You and I share that same workout. You know, winning is one thing. You know, you've won what four Bassmasters Classics. I mean, you've been on top, but how do you keep your mind and body ready? to be at top performance levels to stay on top i mean you've been doing this for a long time how do you do that you know for me it's it's about uh, i have several different philosophies and and one of the big ones is um it's all about attitude i say that all the time i mean you have to have a positive mental attitude all i mean you try to look at the bright side of every situation if you get up in the morning and tournament day and and it's you know 34 degrees and raining out you know that's not a lot of fun to want to be out but you know you got to make the most of it and say hey i'm going to go out there and be positive and and try to grind out and know that i'm not going to get a hundred bites but go i'm going to go out there and grind out seven or ten and and, and do that and it's just it, it's just it's just the outlook on it you know you just i do not have to fight to get out of bed to do my job i want to get up every day um, you know, I've, as long as I've been doing this 30 plus years as a professional, you still don't, you don't have to, you know, I'm out before sunup, uh, on practice days and I'm, I'm out there till sunset at the end of the day, as long as I can be. And it's, it's my passion. It's what I love to do. And, um, it's, it's, to me, it's not a job. If, if you are lucky enough to make a living at something you love, I, I think you're a, a, a very blessed person. A- absolutely. You know, you're considered the best bass fisherman in the world. Does that place any kind of pressure on you when you're in a tournament 
You know it does. I, I you know, I want to perform at the top level and um, and and do well. And any more, um, anything but winning doesn't satisfy. So I really. Uh, I really work hard, and it's it's frustrating because, you know, with social media and things, you see what people say, you know, if you have a bad tournament or a tough tournament. But I truly, I mean, if I can have any chance at, at taking a shot at gambling to win, I'm going to do that. And sometimes I'll fail miserably. I have probably the least consistent performances in this stage of my career than I've ever had, and it's because of that mentality. And I just can't change that thought because it's – it's it's all about winning, and you know. I mean, you watch. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of sports, and I watch a lot of great athletes. I've watched what Tom Brady's done. I've watched what Peyton Manning's done. Uh, I just watched what Tiger Woods just did at the Masters in in amazement, you know. And um, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I'm very comfortable with um, being able to take criticism, but. I want to win. I'm not out there to to finish second. I'm not out there to to try to do well. And I know that as good as the competition is, you're going to fail a lot more, especially in tournament fishing. You know, absolutely. I've, I've fished 28 Bassmaster Classics. I've won four. Four for 28 is not a good record, but, but uh, nobody but else has, has done any better. Done you know, right? I mean, yeah. that's the that's it's the top hard. of the line. It's it's look, a challenging sport. Look to close out this segment. We've talked about it before, but give us an update on the foundation that you have because it's so important. Yeah, you know, I mean, I my passion is definitely um, the outdoors, and it's so exciting to see so many positive programs to get kids involved in fishing now. So high school fishing is growing. High school competitive bass fishing, collegiate competitive bass fishing. Um, we still do a lot with our foundation with um, the Children's Hospital. I mean, the March of Dimes, a lot of, lot of different things like that. But we've really gotten more involved in a lot of these different um youth activities especially you know i've got two boys in college they're sure. in the college team they're they're doing it so it's very i mean it's right in front of me and it's right on my radar so we, you know we've been doing scholarships we've been doing a lot of things there i'm really trying to expand that in michigan where i live um it's it's really starting to take off i mean it, it started in the south for sure um you know 10 years ago college fishing anybody would say man i've never even heard of it now it's everywhere and so we're, we're doing everything we can um on that front i just at my brother's big spring in store we just hosted a hosted a a college and high school night there and uh, you know it's just it's it's so great to see all these young kids that are they're so polished um they're so professional you know they've all got jerseys and they're they're on social media and they're just, i mean it's it's really the first great expansion and fishing that we've seen and fishing is growing right it now is. for the first time and um you know the last several years it's a, it's it's for the first time in many years so i've been around a long time it's my way to um to be able to show a little appreciation for the sport that's that you know i've been so passionate about and has has treated me so well you've planted a seed you've made it grow you've got to be excited about it the last 15 seconds give a final word to our listeners about what you would like them to hear from you as the man on top of the bass fishing world. Well, you know, Rick Clun's a good good friend of mine. And, um, you know, I've been doing it a long time. And, you know, he won a tournament this year. And he said, don't let anybody ever tell you that your best days are behind you. And, uh, and you know, that the, anything that you believe in, you can achieve. And I've, I've said that so many times to young people. It's all about the attitude. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't accomplish something if you set your mind to it. I'm living proof of that. My life is uh is really that i had a baseball coach that told me you need to spend more time fishing and uh you know i I followed my dream and if you believe and work hard enough in it at anything you can accomplish any goal you put in front of yourself there you go kvd kevin van dam the top of the world right here world's best bass fisherman thanks for being with us today we'll be back in just a moment you know it takes the right habitat to conserve and grow healthy wildlife populations. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're committed to helping landowners voluntarily protect land and wildlife habitat forever. Benefits here go beyond protecting habitat for upland birds and wildlife. Native grasslands protect soil, provide valuable resources for the ranching community, and serve as a natural filter to enhance water quality for all. We need your help to protect America's grasslands for future generations. 
creating and leaving a legacy is within your reach. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're here to help you make a difference. Healthy habitat and abundant wildlife. Build it today to last forever. To learn more about how you can help us protect America's uplands, please visit us at pheasantsforever.org legacy. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World here in Rural Radio. And if you've just tuned in, we're introducing our next guest. Well, Tim Wells, he's been with us before in this show. He is certainly a one-of-a-kind bow hunter. Fun-loving, wild man seemingly bent sometimes on self-destruction. Whether it's chasing dangerous game to spearing himself, he tends to be running on nine lives. He's a book author, host of an award-winning television show, Relentless Pursuit, that's on that airs on the Sportsman's Channel. And I can tell you, he's quite a hunter. He's in Alaska. Tim Wells, welcome back. Thanks for taking time from your grizzly hunt to join us here on Outdoor World Radio. Yeah, Rob, you're a real pain in the butt, man. I woke up, it was the perfect day for a good grizzly hunt, and I had to go to a talk show. So I'm standing on the edge of the Copper River where a bull moose has just moseyed his way along the willows, and uh, here I am, back to business with Rob Keck. How you doing, well, today, my, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, and I think it's so special that you're out there. I mean, you're on the chase right now. You know, the, the term slockmaster, we get some listeners out there saying, what the heck does slockmaster mean? What's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the slock, man, any anytime that arrow meets, meets its prey, it makes the distinct sound of slock, and so does my spear, <laughs> so it coined the... I use slock a lot in all my terminology, and my fans started calling me the slock master, and it kind of stuck. Uh, I love it. Well, look, you are trying to spear a grizzly in Alaska. Describe the spear that you're using right now trying to take this grizzly. What's it like? It's about two and a half pounds, seven feet long. Spear hunting is uh, what brought mankind uh, through the thick and thin with saber-toothed tigers and mastodon and uh, men lives with the spear as it evolved from the sharp point into an arrow that converted to a bow and arrow. But, you know, keeping that, that look of that spear is what I use. It weighs about two and a half pounds. It flies really well. I threw a javelin in college. And so after college, uh, I said to my, uh, my foot, my bait or my uh, track coach that, uh, I am going to kill my first animal with this, uh, javelin. Uh, Roger and he said well you go for it man you can have this javelin so my senior year I took it home and put a a sharp point on it and uh, that's where we all it all got started and I've been having fun ever since oh man well look uh, you know with as a bow hunter I mean you practice shooting arrows into a target how do you prepare for a spear hunt you just throw a spear into the target I mean how do you practice well, it's much the same way, Rob. You know, you pick up a spear at Bass Pro, you take her home, put her together. The spear they sell is the My Zamburu knockoff. It's just like the one I use. Uh, it, it's balanced, so on one end it's got a you know your hunting point. On the other end, it's it's a, it's like a bullet point, and you can, it's so balanced that you can throw either way. So you turn it around and you throw the sharp, you throw the dull end for practice, and. Uh, you know, there's no exact way how to throw a baseball, and it's the same way with a spear. But you try to keep it in line with your your line of sight, and you look down that thing like you would if you're shooting instinctive with your bow. And uh, if you're you're an older guy like me, I can't throw a spear like I used to, but I can still throw it pretty accurate at short ranges. And um, probably 80% of the animals I take are taken from a above their elevation, you know, where their peripheral vision doesn't pick up the throw. And in many mm-hmm. cases, it's the drop. I just drop that spear on them. Spear hunting is a very ethical means of hunting. I tell you, Rob, there are so many people out there trying to knock hunters down for what they are or what they do. And people have outlawed spear hunting in Canada. You know, most states it's illegal. 
uh, anti-hunters jump on how horrible we are because we're wanting to spear hunt. Well, let me tell you, the spear hunting is probably the most ethical means of hunting. You see long-range shooters with rifles that shoot long-range to take animals. Well, you hear the anti-hunters saying, that's not ethical. You're shooting too far. Well, the same people are jumping on my website or jumping on my social media and saying, that's not ethical because it's too brutal. Well, it isn't brutal. And unlike the last time they, they, they threw a fit, you're giving the animal the chance of escape. Look, trust me, and I mean it. I mean, you really are giving them a chance to get away. But when the time comes where you actually cast that spear, I have never lost an animal entered entered the middle of its body. I mean, if I hit an animal solid anywhere with my spear, the actual damage it does to flesh brings that animal down in short time. Has anyone in modern times taken a grizzly with a spear? Not that we know of. Uh, you know, back in the day when you and I did the, the, the radio show that didn't go over well with the smoke signals, I think those guys killed quite a few of them. But uh, in modern day, uh, skinny white guys like me, uh, no one's documented a grizzly kill that I know of. Uh, and I've got four days left, and it may be another year before it gets gets to uh, go down. We'll see. Yeah. Well, look, we're just, just about out of time in this segment, but how long have you been using primitive weapons? Because you're not limited just to spears. In fact, I saw a picture yesterday of two uh, rabbits that you nailed with a blowgun. Yeah. Yeah, the blowgun's exciting as well. And, uh, you know, I like the, the boomerang, and I like the blowgun. I like... Uh, you know, slingshots and all that fun stuff, you know, that uh, <laughs> brings you down to eye level and at point blank to make the kill. And uh, I've been doing it my whole life. I've been shooting, uh, you know, sparrows out of the pine tree behind the house. Uh, when I was a kid, I, Grandpa would put uh, uh, number two shot in a little tiny uh, saran wrap package kind of thing that was open on one end, put that in my slingshot. And up to about eight yards, I had a nice little shot pattern there that I could shoot the birds <laughs> off the wire with. So I, I got started early on, Rob. Yeah, well, that's great, great yeah. story. Look, you know, we we're talking about hunting with primitive weapons, the benefits of uh, the spear. Uh, I mean, what what a story. I mean, we've got so many people out there that have no idea. And, you know, when people don't know about something, they are, are simply quick to criticize it. But uh, you're gone half a year. I got to ask you because there's there's others. I mean, like myself, we're gone a lot away many times from our brides. How how does being gone half a year uh, affect your marriage? Tell us about that. Well, you know, being apart is uh, is good and bad. Uh, every time I get home from a trip, it's it's kind of like uh, uh, seeing your girlfriend after you've been away. Uh, you know, you can't wait to see her. It's exciting, and then three days in. Uh, She's smacking me around the house with a frying pan, but we <laughs> definitely miss each other. And I try to talk to Carrie every chance I get. Uh, I climb the ridge and get to the knoll where I'm sitting now every day on this bear hunt, and I call her right before I head, you know, into the forest to bear hunt, especially with a grizzly hunt, to tell her I love her and tell her what life without her would be, and how much I love her and how much I look forward to seeing her and. We do miss each other, and there's no lion that, you know, there's a good that that uh, comes from being apart half the year because we, we wish we were together. But she, she travels with me quite a bit, and uh, she loves to hunt. We met late in life. We didn't get married till I was 32, and she knew, you know, the route that I had taken in life, and I, too, knew her. She's a, an amazing entrepreneur. She keeps busy, and she has two schools where she teaches uh, girls to be amazing cosmetologist and uh, we both love hunting we love our children and we love what they're doing and she's the greatest mother on the earth and so uh, god has blessed me and and hopefully her that we have a wonderful relationship and i'll see her in uh in four days and we'll celebrate the return of the slock master <laughs> man so good look here before we leave you tell us about those oneida bows very quickly because i know you're going to be using them uh, there on those bow oh, yeah. fishing hunts hey, and trips those this year not, if you haven't if you haven't shot an oneida bow or if you have you've got to shoot the new ones because the new oneida phoenix for hunting is uh amazing there's two guys in camp up here sharing camp with me that are hunting grizzly bears with their own nida 
And uh, they're an amazing bow. They're quiet now. They're fast as a compound, but you can shoot them with fingers or with a release. They're the smoothest drawing, most awesome bow on the planet. I'm so excited that I switched from a Matthews to an Oneida. And you can get those at Bass Pro now, and they've got a shop right there. At every Bass Pro, you can go in and have them worked on. If you ever want to you know, put new sights on them or whatever, just just an amazing and uh jp has actually took that company under his wing and groomed it into something amazing so anyway give him a it try I, I love him i can't wait to to shoot fish with him it's it's the tournament winning bow of all tournament winners nine out of ten yeah. tournaments won uh the, the shooters are using an oneida bow when they're bow fishing so yeah, yeah all the best to you don't get killed because I want to have you back and do a follow-up show. I'm Rob Keck. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we'll be right back. Today's hunters are facing some real challenges. Nationally, we lose 6,000 acres of upland habitat every day. Hunter numbers are not keeping pace with population growth. Each of these puts our hunting lifestyle in danger. With your help, the National Wild Turkey Federation is tackling these challenges head on with its Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative. Our volunteers have committed to increase wild turkey populations and protect our hunting heritage by improving 4 million acres of habitat, creating 1.5 million new hunters and opening half a million new acres to public hunting. Join the NWTF today to help make these bold goals a reality. Visit nwtf.org for more information and to find out how you can help protect our way of life. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. Folks, we have with us another great guest, another star that everybody knows, a guy that, well, I think he's one of the greatest football players of all time, Peyton Manning. Peyton, welcome here to Outdoor World. Well, thanks so much. Uh, I'm honored to be here. You know, Peyton, I think you defined the words first class. And everything you've done in life, everything you've done on the field, the way you've represented yourself, uh, there's so many people that are proud of you and, and just the kind of example that you've set for so many young athletes and just people in general. Where does that come from? I think I know the answer, but tell us about that. Oh, well, thanks for that. You know, obviously, I've had uh, great uh, family support and, uh, you know, no, no football player can do anything uh, on the field without great teammates and being a part of great teams. And I think when you stop playing football, that's what you miss the most is kind of being part of that team. Absolutely. And, and now that I'm not playing, I kind of find myself on different teams and pretty exciting. On the NFL playoffs, we have a pick. You know, uh, you know, anything can happen, and uh, you know, I guess I find myself, um, uh, you know, pulling for guys that you know, guys that you, you know, I got some guys that I, that I played with. You feel a connection to sure. them. I think it's going to be some great ball games, and it should make for a great Super Bowl. Folks, that's Peyton Manning. Peyton, thanks for being here today. Thanks for what you do, and just continue on enjoying the outdoors and all the things you do for so many people to make America great. Thank you so much. There you go, folks. Peyton Manning. And folks, that's going to wrap it up here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. I'm Rob Keck, and on behalf of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here, thanks for answering the call. That call to preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. See you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Talking all things outdoors. Brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations.